Most of my books are now available as audiobooks. Go to maniacontheloose.com slash audiobooks. If you like scary stories, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Maniac on the Loose Scary Stories Podcast. (laughs) Sit back and relax. Keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times. And enjoy the ride. I think my wife is possessed. I've been happily married to my wife Sylvia for seven years. She's the most wonderful, caring, thoughtful person that I've ever known. If I'm ever having a bad day, I feel better knowing that when I get home, I'll be greeted by Sylvia's smiling face and cheerful aura. I'm a lucky man. But lately, Sylvia has been acting unusual. The weirdest thing is that her odd behavior occurs after she has fallen asleep. It started with the mumbling. Sylvia had always been a sound sleeper. She's one of those people that when her head hits the pillow, she's out like a light and doesn't move until she wakes the following morning. So when she started mumbling in her sleep, it was an abnormal occurrence. The first night it happened, I told Sylvia about it the next morning. She did not remember doing it. She shrugged and we chuckled, but when it happened again the next night, and the next night after that, and the next night after that, I started getting a funny feeling about it. Again, this is a woman I had slept next to every night for seven years. She had previously never made a peep while sleeping. It may seem extreme, but I found this unsettling. The mumbling episodes were the same every night. I'd wake up to Sylvia lying on her side facing me. Her lips would be moving as though she was talking, but the only sounds coming out were indistinguishable mumbles. From there, things got progressively worse. One night... I opened my eyes in the middle of the night. I instinctively peered over at the clock. It was 3 o'clock a.m. When I turned my head, I was shocked to find Sylvia sitting up in the bed, staring down at me with wide eyes. She then spoke to me in a clear voice. I'm not alone. With that, she laid back down, closed her eyes, and went to sleep. I told Sylvia about it the next morning and she had no recollection of that having happened at all. The next night I woke up at 3 o'clock a.m. to find Sylvia sitting in our rocking chair in the corner of the room. She was slowly rocking back and forth while staring at me. She held the most devious smile while doing so. Sylvia? She didn't respond. 
She just kept rocking and staring at me with that sadistic grin. It was several moments later when her expression transitioned to a blank state, and she rose, walked slowly to our bed, and then slid under the covers and went to sleep. As usual, Sylvia had no memory of this happening, and was beginning to get concerned about these episodes herself. I made an appointment with a sleep specialist who was on staff at the university in town, but he had a full schedule for over a month, so until then, we just had to keep dealing with Sylvia's bizarre sleeping behavior. And it continued to get worse. One night, I woke up to the feeling of something crawling through my hair. My eyes shot open and Sylvia's face was close to mine. It was as though she were studying my skin while she ran her fingers through my hair. Sylvia, what are you doing? Sylvia moved her face closer and whispered something in my ear that gives me chills to this day. Sylvia is not here. Again, Sylvia didn't remember anything. But she did admit to having a reoccurring nightmare of multiple hands grabbing her nightgown and pulling her deep down under the ground. Although Sylvia was sleeping through the night, she said she felt tired when she woke up, and I could see the physical strain on her body. She was getting dark circles under her eyes, and her skin was growing pale. I also noticed that a depression was sweeping over her. She was no longer her happy, jolly self. She was lethargic and seemed sad and negative. It was as though the normal positive energy she exuded was slowly being drained from her. I decided to set up a video camera in our bedroom. I wanted to start recording these nightly episodes for the sleeping expert to examine when we were finally able to see him. I was glad I did because something particularly bizarre happened that very night. Once again, I woke up to Sylvia mumbling. I looked over at the clock. It was 3 o'clock a.m. What was unusual about Sylvia's mumbling on this night was that it wasn't a jumbled mess of incoherent mumbles. Rather, it was a rhythmic, repetitive mumble. I sat up in bed and listened to her for several minutes before I realized that she wasn't mumbling at all. She was repeating a phrase over and over in a different language. Mors ad apidulum tun venet. Mors ad apidulum tun venet. Mors ad apidulum tun venet. I wasn't positive, but I thought it was Latin. And for the record, Sylvia does not speak any language other than English. I played poker on Saturday nights with a professor from the university named Phil. I was pretty sure he was familiar with the Latin language, so I brought him the recording. He listened to it multiple times, and then looked up at me with a concerned expression. It's Latin, that is for sure. Well, what is she saying? He paused and let out a deep breath. That's the alarming part. He looked at me seriously as he translated the phrase she kept repeating. Death 
will come to your little town. Phil was quite curious about Sylvia's sleeping disorder, and I explained everything that had happened in detail. He began asking me several questions as he attempted to come up with a theory. Did anything change in your or Sylvia's life prior to these episodes occurring? I nodded, yes, we moved into our new house. He rubbed his chin as he thought. I doubt that's a coincidence. I had already thought of that, but brushed it off as unlikely. Weird things like this happening in a new home usually occur when someone moves into an old, creepy house with a morbid past. But our new home really was new. It had just been built. No one had ever lived there before. It couldn't be haunted or possessed or anything such as that. Could it? Is there anything else other than Sylvia's behavior that you notice when these episodes occur? I started shaking my head, but then spoke up when I remembered. I've noticed that her sleeping issues are occurring at around 3 o'clock a.m. I've woken up at that exact time on several different occasions. Phil suggested we spend the weekend in a hotel away from town to see if that made any improvement in Sylvia's condition, so we did. We stayed at a nice little hotel that was half an hour away. We made a mini vacation of it. We went out to eat every day, saw a movie one night, and a stand-up comedy show another night. And we slept. Sylvia instantly went back to sleeping like the dead. And I slept great too. I woke up a few times during the night, but it was never anywhere near 3 o'clock. Sylvia's dark circles under her eyes diminished, and she immediately got some of her color back. She was lively and cheerful once again. Neither of us admitted it openly, but it was obvious that we were dreading going back to the house. But we did, and looking back, that was a mistake. The first night back we went to bed and we both fell asleep quickly, but I was awakened that night by the soft sound of a little girl laughing. I slowly opened my dry eyes and gazed at the digital clock on my nightstand. 3 o'clock a.m. I rubbed my eyes and gradually opened them to a horrific scene in front of me. Sylvia was standing at the foot of the bed and was giggling like a schoolgirl. In one hand she was holding a book of matches. In the other she held a bottle of lighter fluid and was squirting streams of the flammable liquid all over the very sheets that covered me. I managed to jump from the bed and tackle Sylvia before she had a chance to light the match. We never slept in that house again. We spent the next month in a hotel, moved all of our belongings to a storage facility, and put the house up for sale. Phil called me shortly after and asked if I'd join him for lunch. He said he did some digging and had some interesting information he wanted to share with me. He told me that the lot our house had been built on used to be where an ancient church once stood. Legend has it, that was the location priests did exorcisms on people they suspected of being possessed. The creepiest aspect of the story 
was the time the exorcisms always began. 3 o'clock a.m. We had no problem selling the house. We moved to a nice little village approximately 20 minutes away. Six months later, we found out tragic news about the married couple that had bought the house from us. One night, at approximately 3 o'clock a.m., the wife stabbed her husband to death in their bed. We hope you enjoyed the show. We're dying for you to come back for more. (laughs) Visit ManiacOnTheLoose.com Sign up for our newsletter and I'll give you some free stuff. We'll see you soon. Very soon. If you're enjoying the podcast and you want to support the show, buy some of my books. I have a bunch of them, and most of them are free with Kindle Unlimited. Don't have Kindle Unlimited? No problem. They're all priced pretty cheap. Go to ManiacOnTheLoose.com slash books. If you like what you're hearing, please consider contributing any amount helps. Recurring monthly contributions are best of all. Just go to maniacontheloose.com slash support. That's maniacontheloose.com slash support. Here's a super fun way to support the show. Go to ManiacOnTheLoose.com slash store and buy some Maniac on the Loose merchandise. Let the world know you're a listener. T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, hats, mugs. There's a bunch of items to choose from. And you have a multitude of design choices, including all of my book covers. Go take a look. It's super cool. Go on. Do it. Right now. Go. ManiacOnTheLoose.com slash store.